Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and my friend, I'm waiting for you. We have had quite a week in James chapter 1, and today is going to be the best of all. But I want you to order the entire series, which is called How to Determine What God Gives and Never Gives, Biblical Guidelines to Help You Know What to Receive and what to resist. And today is the last day that we're offering this. So if you want to order it, please order it right now by giving us a call or by going online. And remember that it comes with a study guide so you can read it while you hear it or while you see it. This really is a life transforming series. One of my favorites because it's made such a difference in my own personal life. And we're also offering you right now my book, which is called a life ablaze. Today is the last day we're offering it right now. This book is so transformative. It will show you what fuels you need to be putting into your spiritual furnace so you keep burning brightly for Jesus from now all the way to the end of your life. And when you go out of life, you'll leave in a blaze of glory because you put the right fuels into your spiritual furnace to keep you a life ablaze. So please order yours today, and you ought to order two, because this is definitely a book you're going to want to share with somebody else. And remember that when you become a partner, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness, and we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to partners. And we always send these two books to anyone who says, Brother Rick, I want to become a partner with your ministry. I want to help you take the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. That is so important to us that we call you our partner. And we literally mean you're a partner with us in this work of God. And when you become a partner, we're going to send you these two books as our way of saying welcome into our partner family. Amen. Join the family, my friends. And remember that if you need prayer, we're waiting for the phone to ring right now. Just give us a call or maybe you'll send us an email. Send us your email. Tell us how to pray for you. When we hear from you, you can be guaranteed this ministry is going to really, really pray for you. We believe Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call unto me and I will answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things and if you will let us know how to pray by calling us or sending us your email or a letter, the moment we hear from you with you in faith, we will call out to God and he will answer us and he will show you great and mighty things. But if you let us know how to pray, we'll do a better job of praying for you. But I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Reach for your Bible, and I want you to open it to James chapter 1. And today, we're going to quickly review something very important in James chapter 1, verse 1, where the Bible says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, Greeting. Let's focus on those two words, scattered abroad. In Greek, it is the word diaspora, which describes the random scattering of seed. I covered this in Monday's program. In the ancient world, there were two ways of scattering seed. You could methodically, one after another, in a nice, neat, orderly row, plant seeds, or you could gather a whole satchel full of seeds, put your hand into the satchel, and then just randomly begin to throw them all over the field. That's the word that is used here. 
which means these believers have not been uprooted and scientifically, methodically relocated to other places, but they've been ripped out of their homes, taken from their homeland, and scattered like seed all over the eastern lands of the Roman Empire. It has been a great, great disruption due to persecution. And due to this persecution, they are experiencing great devastation in their life. And they have written letters to James because James was the half-brother of Jesus and the most visible Jewish believer in the city of Jerusalem. And from all over the eastern lands of the Roman Empire, they're sending letters to James. And we even know what they're saying because he quotes them in verse 13. So now let's jump to James 1, verse 13, where he says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man with evil. Verse 13 is a response to what he is reading. His mailbox is jam-packed with letters coming from these Jewish believers that have been scattered all over the eastern lands of the Roman Empire, and they feel like their lives are being destroyed. And they're writing to James, and they're saying, James, has God somehow, in some way, mysteriously allowed all this tragedy to come into our lives? And now James answers them. And he says, let no man say. In Greek, it is a double negative. Let no man say, stop it, stop it now. I don't want to hear this anymore. How could you possibly even allege that God is behind this? Let no man say, stop it, stop it now. And my friends, if you're alleging that God has allowed tragedy into your life, this verse means you need to stop it. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. That word tempted is the Greek word pirazo. Ay, ay, ay. It means to test, to try, or to tempt, or to cause one to fail, to falter, or to stumble, or to bring about destruction in a person's life. It depicts a calculated test to bring about failure. It is the very word we would use to describe the temptation that Jesus experienced when he was in the wilderness, when the devil did everything he could to bring Jesus down. It is the very word used in the Gospels to describe the activity of the Pharisees and the Sadducees when they tempted Jesus, trying to ensnare him in words, cause him to stumble, cause him to fail so they could entrap him and bring him down. This is a calculated test designed to destroy. And these believers were under a great period of suffering, and they were wondering, is God somehow in some way allowing all these tragic events to come into our life? And James says, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Let no man say, how dare you say it? Don't say it anymore. Let no man say, when his life is being destroyed, I am being destroyed of God. Well, that word of is very important. You say, Brother Rick, are you really going to teach on the word of? I sure am. Because in Greek, it is the word apo. Well, when this was being written, James had two options he could have used here. He could have used the word hupo or the word apo because both of them would be translated of, of God. But the word hupo would imply direct agency, which would have meant they were saying, we know that God personally has sent all these tragic events into our life. That's what the word hupo would have meant. They didn't use that word. Instead, religiously, they use the word apo. 
And the word apo means from a distance. It was the equivalent of saying, we know that God personally has not sent all this tragedy into our life, but apo from a distance, remotely, God in some way has allowed all of these things to come into our life. He is God. He has the power to stop it all. And if God had wanted to stop it, he could have stopped it. And because God didn't stop it, it must be somehow the will of God that remotely from a distance, he has allowed all these things to pass into our life. That was a very religious answer, but it was a wrong answer. And James said, how dare you make such an allegation about God, that God would even remotely behind the scenes allow these terrible things to come into your life to destroy you. And you have to remember that James was the half brother of Jesus. It was his brother who hung on the cross. It was his brother who took our sin. He took the curse. He took our sickness. He took all of it. Jesus was like a gnat that caught all of it so that it would not pass on to us. And for God now to remotely, in some mysterious way, allow all of these tragic events to pass into our life, God would nearly have to say, excuse me, Jesus, I know that you took all of this and you suffered the pain to free people from this, but right now I'm going to walk around you and walk around the work of the cross and I'm going to hit them with it anyway. It's not logical. It's wrong. And James says, how dare you talk like this? Let no man say when his life is being crushed and destroyed, I am being crushed and destroyed remotely by the permissive will of God. And then he adds, for God cannot be tempted with evil. The word evil, the Greek word kakos, it describes that which is evil, that which is vile, that which is foul or destructive. God himself cannot be tempted with it. And the Greek says, neither tempts he any man. And you understand that it means with evil. My friends, God has no experience with evil. Once evil in the person of Lucifer tried to get into heaven and God removed it because God doesn't have any evil. Evil is not allowed in his presence. God has no experience with evil. He has no experience with that which is destructive, evil, foul, or vile, and therefore he doesn't have any to send your way. He simply cannot do it. If anybody ever asks you, is there anything that God cannot do? Well, this verse says there really is something God cannot do. God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man with evil. That is simply beyond the realm of possibility. God cannot do it. Say amen. Amen. This is why you need to know what comes from God and what doesn't come from God. You need to think right on this question. Then in James 1 verse 14, James switches, it seems, to another subject, but not really. Stay with me and you'll understand. He says, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then in verse 15, he adds, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Well, let's look at verse 14. Every man when he is tempted, we understand this word tempted, the Greek word parazo, it is a calculated test to bring you down and to bring destruction and ruin into your life. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Drawn away is the Greek word, which means to lure out almost like a fisherman who drops a lure in front of a fish. Now, I grew up with a father who loved to fish. And when my daddy would take me fishing, he would say, Rick, you got to think like a fish. 
I would always wonder, well, how do fish think? He'd say, drop that lure right in front of the face of that fish. Just imagine where the fish is. Drop the lure there and then begin to work that lure to draw that fish out. And when the fish finally can no longer resist, he will bite the bait. Well, that's the truth. And in fact, it goes on to say when he is drawn out, when he is lured out of his own lust and enticed. The word enticed, the Greek word deliadza, which literally means to bait a hook, to set a trap with bait, to entice a victim into a trap, to bite the bait. So here we have the picture of something luring us out from a safe place. You know, fish. They're hiding under a tree or behind a rock, and suddenly a lure is plopped in the water in front of that fish. And a master fisherman can begin to work that lure and make that lure look alive. And that fish will literally be drawn out. He will follow that lure, focusing on fixating on that lure until finally he becomes so fixated on that lure as the master fisherman jerks at it, makes it move and makes it look alive until finally he's drawn out and the fish can no longer resist and bam, he bites the bait. And when he bites the bait, the hook is set and now he is entrapped in this verse. James is speaking to believers who are playing with thoughts that are wrong, and the thoughts are luring them out. My friends, you need to be careful what you think. You need to be careful what you focus on. You need to be careful who you're listening to because you are in a safe place in Jesus Christ. Healing belongs to you. Deliverance belongs to you. But the devil will try to draw you out from that place with the speaking of religious people who will say, well, maybe God in some way has allowed this to happen. They'll jerk that bait. They'll wiggle that bait. They'll try to make you think that it makes sense until finally you begin to think about it and think about it and think about it and finally you're drawn out and you bite the bait. And when you bite that bait, something really bad happens. Something really bad happens. You've just bit, you've just ingested a thinking that is totally wrong, contrary to the nature of God. And the verse goes on to say, then when lust hath conceived. Well, this is quite funny because the word conceived, the Greek word sulambano means to conceive and it literally means to become pregnant. Only a man would mix fishing terms with sex. And here James says, when you bite the bait, you'll conceive. Well, let me ask you a question. For a woman to conceive, she has to get really close to a man, doesn't she? You can't conceive from the other side of the room. You've got to be very close to your spouse for you to conceive. And here James says, if you bring wrong thoughts close enough to your mind, you will bring them so close and you'll begin to fixate on them and focus on them until finally they become so close to you that that will enter into you and you will conceive it and you will become pregnant with a wrong belief about God. This is so very powerful. My friend, you need to be careful what you think about. And he goes on to say, then it brings forth sin and sin when it is finished brings forth death. Wow. Brings forth as a medical term indicating the close of pregnancy, the full process of pregnancy completed through conception to delivery to maturity, which means if you conceive a wrong thought in your head, if you don't do something to stop it, it will produce something disastrous in your life. And the Bible here calls it death, the Greek word thanatos, which means all kinds of bad things. The word thanatos 
is also the very same word used by the Greeks to describe a execution verdict. Wrong thinking will kill you. And then when you get to verse 16, he says, do not err, my beloved brethren. The word err, the Greek word planel, which means don't make a mistake. Understand the way the wrong thinking works and what wrong thinking produces. And then when you get to verse 17, he says, hey, if you want to know what comes from God, I'll tell you plainly what comes from God. Not tragedy, not disaster. These things do not come from God, not even remotely, not even from a distance, not even by the permissive will of God. Quit thinking this. Don't bring that thought so close to your mind that you conceive it and believe it and begin to produce a lot of bad things in your life. In verse 17, he says, I'll tell you what comes from God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He says every good gift. The word good is the Greek word agathos. It describes anything good, beneficial, or profitable. James is so practical as a pastor. He's giving us a test to determine what comes from above, what comes from below, what comes from God, what comes from another source. He says, if it's good, it's from God. If it's from God, it is good, it is beneficial, it is profitable. So answer the question, is cancer good for you? Is cancer profitable for you? And he goes on to say every good gift. The word gift is the Greek word dosis which in Greek describes the habitual giving of God, which means this is not what God does once and a while. It's what God always does. It is his habitual nature. Everything that comes from God is good. Everything that comes out of God is beneficial. Everything that comes from God will bring a profit into your life. And he goes on to call them perfect gifts. The word perfect, the Greek word teleon, really means that which adds maturity, that which brings you completion, you could even translate it every perfecting gift. So look at the tragic events that you're dealing with in your life right now. And let me ask you, is it bringing a benefit to you or is it destroying your life? Is it negatively affecting your family? Is it perfecting you or is it destroying you? If it's destroying you and if it's taking from you, then it's not from God because this word perfect the Greek word perfecting describes that which completes you, that which adds to you. So if anything is happening to you that is taking away from you, James says it fails the test. It is not from God. And then he goes on in verse 17 and says, and cometh down from the father of lights. Cometh down the Greek word kata. I know how I love this word. The word kata describes something that is dominating. The word bino means to step. You compound the two words together. Cometh down, the Greek word katabino, can describe a person walking down a set of steps, and it could be the very same word used to describe a thunder shower. Have you ever been in a really bad thunderstorm? When the rain is coming down so hard you can't even drive because you can't see the road in front of you or the taillights of the car in front of you, you have no choice but to pull over and wait because you're in such a downpour. That's the word that is used here which means God wants to shower us with his goodness. He wants to nearly paralyze us with his goodness. It's coming down, coming down, coming down, coming down. You might say, well, if it's coming down, why don't I occasionally get hit by it? Because you've got to take it by faith. And if you're thinking that God is sending all the evil to you, you've got your mind in the gutter. You've got to get your mind out of the gutter and turn your eyes to above to the Father of lights with whom is no variableness 
neither shadow of turning. Now he's using comparative language. What comes from above as opposed to what comes from below. What comes from the father of lights as opposed to what comes from the father of darkness. And then he says, with whom? Those two words are so powerful. In Greek, it is paraun. It means if you could get right up next to God, if you could snuggle right up next to him and look right into his very being, you would find that on this issue of what he always gives and what he never, never, never gives, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. What in the world does that mean? Well, in Greek, it refers to a Roman sundial. You know what a Roman sundial is. A Roman sundial has a metal pole, and as the sun moves, the shadow begins to shift and move all the time. It's variating. The shadow is constantly moving. It's never in the same place. And now James uses this as an expression to say on the issue of what God gives and what God never gives, the shadow never moves. You don't have to wonder what is from God and what is not from God because on this issue, God never moves. You don't even have to pray about this. This has really helped me in my personal life because on the issue of what God gives and what God never gives, there's no variables, neither shadow of turning. God never permits evil. He always does good. If it's bad, it's from the devil. If it's good, it is from God. If it takes away from me and detracts from my life, it is a distraction sent from the enemy. If it adds to my life and brings profit into my life, then it is from the Lord. On this issue, there is no variableness neither shadow of turning every good gift, every habitual giving of God, every perfect gift, every perfecting and completing gift is from above as opposed to what comes from below and comes down 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 from the father of light as opposed to what comes from the father of darkness. Mm with whom, and if you could get right up to next to God and just look right into his being, you would see with your own eyes that on this issue of what he gives, and he never, never gives, there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And if you know this and believe this, it gives you knowledge about what you should receive and what you should resist. Do you see how powerful this teaching is. This is fundamental to my life. It has been revolutionary for me. It guides me in the way that I think, and it will guide you too. My friend, don't play with religious thinking that God has sent evil into your life because you'll conceive it, and it will produce a bunch of bad stuff in your life. Renew your mind to the truth that every good gift and every perfect gift really is from above. And on this issue, God never changes. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Is it difficult for you to figure out what God gives and doesn't give? For example, do you wonder if God ever permits tragedy? Has someone ever told you that God has allowed bad things to happen to you? And if bad things have happened to you, how can you resist them, overcome them, and get back on track again? All of these questions are answered in this five-part series, How to Determine What God Gives and Never Gives. In this series, Rick Renner also teaches you how supernatural joy will empower you to make it through difficult circumstances, how endurance will help you hang in there until you receive what you need from God, how to know if you're in doubt or if you are asking in faith, available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10. 
This series will revolutionize your thinking about what God gives and never gives. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to live an intimate, uncompromising life and stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. Don't delay in ordering your copy today because it will help you throw the right fuels into your fire to get you burning again. Order your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer. This series, How to Determine What God Gives and Never Gives, and the book, A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Friends, this is Rick Renner. I want to give you a good report. It is amazing, but we just signed the papers to purchase our new building in Tulsa, a new headquarters for our ministry. We've been in the same location for years and years and years, and we've outgrown it. And because so many people are reaching out to us for more teaching and for prayer and for ministry, we need more space so we can effectively minister to them. And at the same time, we're constructing our studio in Moscow, where we're going to be filming the most wonderful Bible teaching programs that touch people all over the world. But the only reason we're able to do all of this at one time is because of people like you that are members of our giving team. And because of your gifts, we're able to do this in Tulsa, we're able to do this in Moscow. And my friends, I want to remind you that it's not about the buildings, no, no, no. It's about people that need to be touched. We just need space so that we can minister to them. And I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the giving team and remaining a part of the giving team as we get the buildings ready and put up walls and get ready to produce programming and to minister to people all over the face of the planet. And if you're not a partner and a member of our giving team yet, please, become a part of our team today. Today we have covered a lot of material and I want you to remember it all. And this is teaching that you need to really get down deep inside you. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. The Greek says by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And on this issue of what God gives and what God never gives, you need to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it until you renew your mind to this truth. It will radically change your life. And that's why I want you to order the whole series. And today is the last day that we're offering it called How to Determine What God Gives and never gives. Biblical guidelines to help you know what to receive and what to resist. This is a life transforming series. Please order yours right now by going online or by giving us a call and it comes with a study guide. You'll just love the two of these together. And right now we're offering you my book and today's the last day that we're offering it this week called A Life Ablaze. Ten Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. The back of the book says, do you struggle to keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart with the same fiery intensity as the early days of your walk with Jesus? Do you feel that only a few glowing embers remain and even those are growing cold? 
my friend, they don't have to go cold. You can stir those embers if you know what kind of fuel to put into your spiritual furnace. And that's what this book will give you. So order yours today. And let me pray for you right now. And by the way, when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that every good and perfect gift is from above. Oh, Lord, we're so sorry that we've had foul religious thinking that you have remotely allowed nonsense to come into our life. Thank you, Father, that your word is so clear so that we know what to receive and we know what to resist. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'll see you in the next program. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power.